Welcome to this week's episode of the Superhero Ethics Podcast. Um, today, I'm once again joined by Matthew Carroll and Jeff Randall of the MCU Podcast and the Stranded Panda Podcast Network. They're, re- they're uh, back again as guests for second week because we're doing a big um, push for reviews here on the Superhero Ethics Podcast, um, and I'm going to tell you about that in a second. But I first just want to say um, we had a whole plan today to do something around the ethics of Star Wars. It's become kind of a running joke around uh, uh, the Stranded Panda Network that Matthew isn't as uh, big a fan of the Star Wars ethics and uh, as some of the rest of us, and he thinks Star Trek is a little bit more ethically deep. We wanted today to take a podcast to um, to dive into that and really kind of you know maybe just not even compare Star Wars and Star Trek, but really dive into what is the ethical complexity of the Star Wars universe. But frankly, um, when we were recording this uh, today on Tuesday, we were looking at what was happening in the world with the um, uh, George Floyd murder and the um, protests and the responses and all the things that have happened, and we all just kind of said to ourselves, you know what? There's there's so much going on in the world. We want to stop and talk about that, um, especially because, and it's not that we wanted to, to not talk about, you know, all the things we normally talk about on this show and on the other shows, but more we wanted to talk about how do we as fans react to moments like these? How do we as content creators react to moments like these? And, and perhaps most importantly, what are the messages we get from the shows and the movies that we love to talk about, and how do they help shape us and, and help us understand moments like what uh, our our country and our communities are currently going through. So uh, I think this is going to be a great conversation. It's a little bit different from what you might normally hear. Um, for those of you who are um, new to the podcast, especially if you are checking it out newly because uh, Matt and Jeff have been talking about it on the MCU podcast and other places, I promise you that this is, um we, we do get to get pretty deep on, on most of our episodes here, but generally we're sticking a lot closer to a particular fandom or a particular issue, you know, Generally, it's much more about, like, what does the Punisher have to say about vigilantism? And we talk a lot about the Punisher. Or on recent episodes, we talk a lot about, um, you know, the TV show She-Ra. Or an upcoming episode about Avatar The Last Airbender. Today, we're kind of putting a lot of that on pause because of what's going on. And so it's a little bit different. It's a little more intense. But I do think this is a very important conversation for um, the moment that the world is happening, is going through today. Um and I want to keep the focus on that, but I will briefly say the reason, as I said, that Matt and Jeff decided to, to come on my podcast again two weeks in a row is they're really helping me with a review drive, um, helping more people find this show and, and be part of the conversations we do. That happens primarily if we get more reviews. If people go on to iTunes or places like that, give us a five-star review, tell us what you like about the show. And uh, Matt and Jeff very generously have said that uh, for this week, um, uh, the, the week has started uh, June 1st um, if you go to um, Superhero Ethics and give us a 5 star review you'll be entered into a contest to win uh, one of the great MCU or Stranded Panda t-shirts they have uh, you can also get a Superhero Ethics t-shirt from myself if you prefer that um, so I hope you can take a moment to go give us a review if you don't think we deserve 5 stars well please let us know anyway I'd still love to know how we can improve how we can make this better because Frankly, for me, that's what all this is about. This is about, I love these stories because the way that I look at moments like what we're going through today with, with, with everything that's happening, with, with police violence and, and with looting and rioting and police brutality and, and, and trying to make sense of all the things going on, 
you know, I, I look to what what can I learn from Star Wars that, that informs this moment? What have comics like Luke Cage and Black Panther taught me about these things? What have stories like the X-Men taught me about different ways to fight injustice? Um, and I think that's such an important conversation. I'm glad that you are here to, to listen to that and to be a part of these conversations. Um, and so I hope you can give a review. But most importantly, I hope you'll uh, stick around, listen to the conversation we're about to have, and then let us know what you think. Uh, all the ways to contact us are going to be at the end because the three of us are not the only experts. We want to know what you think. So uh, you'll get to hear all of that right after this commercial break that we have no control over. Welcome back, folks. My name is Matthew S. Fox. I'm joined by my uh, two guests today, people who were on last time, and as I've said, have been really kind of inspirational to me getting started as a host and are my uh, the people really building the Stranded Panda podcast network that I'm happy to be a part of. Uh, Matthew Carroll and Jeff Randall. Uh, let's start with Matt. How are we, how are we doing today? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been a tough few days. Um, I, I really wasn't – just just all the stuff happening in the streets. I'm just really sad. I really, have been really, really sad and angry about mm-hmm. everything. Um, just just our the fact that we've let it get this far in our country is just on such a precipice. It really, really bothers me and – uh, and, and, and yeah, I'll, I'll stop there so Jeff can say how he's doing. <laughs> um, roughly the same. Uh, I'm just, I'm appalled, really. I'm appalled that that there are certain people that are still allowed to exist. <laughs> we'll say, um, just, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed, mm-hmm. and that's that's the the main emotion that I've been feeling. Um, for it, you know, I mean, we've all been disappointed in humanity every now and again, but like, it's been a constant thing for the past week yeah. or two. Mm. And just making sure we're all on the same page because we're all talking about how we feel without actually naming the, the the thing. I mean, I think we're all pretty much pretty solidly on a Black Lives Matter position, and and what we're talking about being disappointed in is the racism and the the violence that's being meted out. Oh to, crap! I must be on the wrong podcast. I am fully. <laughs> I just think that I, I just really am against all forms of protest. Uh, I mm. think that whether it's the violent forms or the nonviolent, I'm just really, really against protest. I, think I just we should don't. just. Respect don't know our why. government, you know? Sorry. Um, <laughs> He's being deeply sarcastic for those who don't know uh, him well. Now, I, I will say, I, I, I don't know if we'll, we'll end up butting up against this. And I, 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 tend, to, I tend to be to, to, to end up talking where I – I tend to end up talking where I disagree with people more than I, when, I, when I agree with them. And I, 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 no, that's I, not right. Because, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm really bad about it. Uh, I just <laughs> – I really – I am sad for all involved. Mm-hmm. I am really, really sad for everybody. And I I don't like the violence and the protests and the looting. I, I, like the, I do like the protests. I don't like the violence and the looting mm-hmm. on either side from the police right. or, or, or the or the protesters. Um, but but I understand it. And I think my main position is I, I feel a little ashamed because I think that um, – for a long time, I, I've seen these things in the, in, in the news, you know, these um, these events, um, George Floyd being the most recent uh, of black men being 
killed by police. And I think the reason George Floyd, sorry, I'm jumping topics. So let me finish one thing at a time. Uh, <laughs> the reason, or I've seen these things in the news my entire life, but, and not that I think racism is solved, but I had this idea. Uh, I think it's the Michelle Obama quote that the, the arc of history is long and it bends toward justice. Yeah, it, it's not Michelle Obama, it, but she was quoting that. Yeah, she was quoting. Yeah, who was she quoting? I, I never, I don't know who she was quoting. Uh, it's a, uh, I believe it's Oscar Romero, but I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay, yeah, I did not know that marker. Oh no, it's fine. I'm just wrong. <laughs> I'm happy yeah. to be happy to be wrong, which is exactly what I'm saying here. Um, I I kind of had that quote in my head all these years, and like I'm very sad when all these things happen, and I'm on the side of, uh, we need a, to reform our police system. But I just kind of had this thought that these are the death throes of a, like, of a dying ideology, yeah. and 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 yeah. that that we we were getting there, you know, and the 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 truth, and I, I I am I'm kind of mad at myself for not getting involved sooner because clearly this is the one everyone's everyone's angry about. And I think the reason we're angry, sometimes when you see these cases, it's easy to look at them um, and go, well, I kind of understand where the cop was coming from. Like, I can see why he was scared. I can see why this happened. I can see not all of them clearly, but like sometimes you see these cases where a black man is killed and you're like, well, there was a, there was some sort of justification, but I think the reason this one's hitting such a chord, there is nothing. There's no justifying this. If you've seen the video, there's just right. nothing at all. And not to say that there's ever a reason. It's just there's there's a there's a spectrum of these cases. And this is yeah. so far on the one side of the spectrum that there's no way you can see that video and say, well, that guy was doing the right thing. <laughs> like, there's yeah, just I, I, no case. I, I, I think that's a really good point, especially because and I, cause I, I think I think almost all the, the cases that get, get brought to public attention, there really is no justification but the press is able to often like spin it in a particular way or to tell the story in a particular way that it seems easy to sort of find a justification if you're looking for. Right. And I think this one, you're right, is almost the hardest. Um, just on that quote, and I want to say one thing about kind of just framing our discussion today. Um, the, the quote is from Martin Luther King. Oh, um, okay. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. But he was reframing um, – uh, uh, a quote from uh, an abolitionist minister named Theodore Parker, who'd said something similar, um, which in and of itself, I think is interesting, you know, because it's two minute, two ministers speaking about racial justice, uh, literally about a hundred years apart, um, mm. both talking about how they're waiting for justice and working towards justice. And, you know, it's that kind of like for the abolitionists, slavery was the thing they were fighting against. And now a hundred years later, King is still fighting. And, and now 50, 60 years later, we still are. Um, I do want to say, just kind of frame it, because for those of our, those of our listeners who might sort of be like, well, yeah, I, 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 I hear about this all the time, but but why am I listening to three white guys talk about it today, yeah. especially on what, what's a fan podcast? Um, we're going to talk a little bit about our feelings just in general, but that the reason we wanted to talk about this today was on this podcast is because I think one of the biggest questions that always comes up is, you know, what does fan media, what does genre media have to say about these things? And hmm. how do the the stories that we always talk about, the heroes that we talk about, the villains that we talk about, how do those stories help us and how do they or, or sort of challenge us, you know, when the things that those things are talking about are happening in real life, you know? 
Um, and as well as the question of like, as, as content creators ourselves, what is our responsibility either to talk about these things or not to talk about these things? Um, I'm a big believer. Uh, I'm another, uh, fandom that I'm a huge part of is Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, I know Jeff, you've seen it. Matt, have you seen it? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Uh, be careful not to spoil it. Very, very good show. I'd very strongly recommend you take a look at it. Uh, first season is kind of wonky, but it really gets good in season two. Um, but it, it, like a lot of the things we talk about, has a very clear pull towards justice and towards messages of inclusion and overcoming racism and, and, and how we fight evil and things like that. And, and there's a fandom group that I'm in where a number of people have been posting, you know, like shots of from the show that clearly are like in, in support of justice with ideas of like, you know, Uncle Iroh supports Black Lives Matters and things like that. And, and some of the responses have been like, oh, I, I, this group shouldn't be political. I'm just here to talk about the show. Oh, yeah. There's um, no war in Ma Sing Se. Exactly. Exactly. There's no racism in USA. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that's the response of a lot of people. It's like, how, how can you watch this and not think that, that we're talking about politics? And I kind of think the same thing applies to, to all the stories we talk about here. You know, you can't – if you love the MCU, you, you – Part of that is Black Panther and Luke Cage, both of which are 100% about racism. We were going to talk about Star Wars today, um, in part because, uh, you know, Matt and I have had some conversations about whether uh, Star Wars is as ethically rich as Star Trek, and it was going to be a very fun discussion. But, but even that, I mean, that whole story, one of the, to me, one of the central ethical questions that Star Wars raises is, how do you fight evil without becoming evil? How do you, you know, can you hate evil? Um, and what mm. does that mean? And what does that look like? And I, I think... Those were all questions that would be great to get into on their own, but they're certainly incredibly relevant for today. Um, yeah. so, so that's kind of the framework I think we're approaching this from. Is It's not just three white guys talking about racial justice, which has its major problems, but, but also I think there's value in us talking amongst ourselves about these issues. But also I think we're, we're talking about it today as fans and as creators and asking sort of like what's our responsibility and, and, and how do we look to – the, the things that we're fans of uh, in a moment like this. Yeah, absolutely. And and the truth is, yeah, like we like you said, we were planning to talk about Star Wars today, and uh, it just felt like that wasn't a good idea. Like it just you, you we just couldn't like with all this going on. Says uh, and the talking, Star Trek fan. Talk about ethics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to talk about ethics for you know an hour and not and not talk about the thing of the day. It just felt yeah. really, it felt really empty. And I agree. We're, we're not, um, you know, we're not necessarily qualified to have this conversation, uh, <laughs> except to say what we are going through, what we're feeling and, um, and what we're seeing in the world. And yeah. for, for me, I, I don't know if I finished what I was saying a minute ago, uh, about the long arc of justice. And then, mm. then I see, then I see this sort of thing going on, uh, in the world, and it, it just, it just made me. It just, it makes me angry. It makes me angry that we let it get to this point without, uh, without supporting the black community more than we should have sooner. Just as a, as a society, um, and and help them, uh, not get to the point where we needed these riots. And like, not to say we necessarily need the riots or the looting, but it. I understand why the people that are doing it feel they need it, and right. Um, yeah, that's kind of just where I am on the whole thing, and I, I, I just I'm I'm feeling uh, sort of repentant for not not speaking out sooner. I was always a supporter of the things, and like mm -hmm. 
but I, I was not, uh, I'm not very vocal. I live in Alabama. There are social implications to standing up. And I found myself in a thread talking to someone about like how the police need to stand up and say, and, 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 and say what they mean, you know, if they disagree with it, they need to say it. They don't need, just need to like quietly disagree. And then I was like, right. Oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing that exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of quietly disagreeing among my friends and talking. And, and, and then I, I also just kind of feel sad because I do feel kind of in an echo chamber on social media of just like a bunch of people that I, I don't know. I, I am a little annoyed that my, that that my feet is so white because yeah. I don't want to just have these conversations in echo chamber. I want to, but I also do want to reach out to the people that like are in my community in Alabama and say, what are we doing? Why aren't we looking at these people like human beings that have anger and like, can't we, you know, I don't know. Anyway. And I think that's a great, a great part. First of all, when you talk about the redemption story, you know, I, I, you know, Tony Stark was a terrible person. Not, not there's anything terrible from where you're coming from or from where I'm coming from, but I think like we all have those redemption moments and, and all of our heroes do, you know, that there's, I think one of the things that I really like about so many superhero stories is the stories of the people who, you know, they didn't commit like Steve Rogers, you know, from a very young kid, he knew that he wanted to fight bullies, you know, and that's fantastic for him. But then you take someone like a Tony Stark or like so many of the other people who, most of their lives, they, they didn't really see the problems around them, and they didn't want to go be a hero. And then something happened to them, or something happened around them, like what's happening now, and they had this awakening moment. And I think there's something really powerful about, you know, being able to say, like, I could wallow in that guilt, or I could just say, listen, like, I haven't done enough now, but I can do more now. Um, and I, I think what you're, what you're doing there is great, you know, because... Um, and and it, 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 again, kind of ties into what I think we're, we're talking about with these stories is... Um, you know, I, I am a big believer in amplifying the voices of the people who are most in need. You know, like there's an extent to which, like I kind of joked about it being us three white guys here. Um, and there's an extent to which, like, you know, the voices of black people, the voices of the people who are out there protesting, like I think those are the ones that need to be heard. Mm. I also know that there's a lot of people who won't listen to them, but will listen to the three of us. And, and so I think that that gives us a particular, you know, responsibility to talk about it. In the same way that I feel like there's lots of people who, if, if you said to them, I want you to sit down and watch a movie for two hours about justice for black people in the world and what kind of methods black people should use to fight for justice, a lot of people would say, hell no, I don't want to watch that. But if you said, I want you to watch a, a movie about uh, this kingdom where they've built incredible technology based on vibranium and people have done amazing things with it. And they'll be like, "Cool, I'll go see that movie," and they watch up and wind up watching a movie that's two hours of incredibly powerful dialogue about the struggle for civil rights and justice for people of color. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I guess to me that I'm a big believer in like trying to find the message that can work for every you know that that no one message is going to work for everybody, and that we're going to speak to the people who can listen to us because they can't speak to somebody they can't listen to somebody else. Sure, sure. <laughs> Mr. Westfox, I'm having a really hard time following you. How does how does the story of a of a black man who is super strong and bulletproof <laughs> in Harlem have anything to do with uh, ethics in today's society? I know it's kind of crazy, right? Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's you know, I um, Mike Coulter is that the a actor who played Luke Cage? Yeah, Mike Coulter. Yeah, I remember that when he was. Um, that when they were making that show, um, there were a number of incidents right around then of um, uh, 
police violence towards black black men. Um, and then a couple of the incidents were specifically involving men wearing hoodies and this sort of like cultural idea of, you know, well, he's a black guy in a hoodie. Of course, he's, you know, a, a threat or a thug is the, the word is often used. Um, and that I, I don't remember if it was Coulter or the writer of the show, but that, that they, they basically said that like having him be in a hoodie and showing the shots of like his bullet ridden hoodie was incredibly important because they were specifically trying to reference what was happening in the world. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm just always surprised how you can be a fan of those kind of things and then say, eh, let's keep politics out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's sure. that's kind of the the one of the questions or that's kind of one of the topics that, that uh, Matt and I are here for is like, how much do we talk about it in like on our platform? Because right. so often our platform is one of escapism and providing, you know, a way for people to, to kind of forget about the the shit going on in the world you know right yeah let me just dive into this this content that i love and and get excited about marvel content but so ingrained in marvel content is this discussion on ethics yeah i mean from the very um, beginning jeff okay yeah yeah i know i'll get on the soapbox man i'll get on it right now well you found that great quote from um uh stan lee um, yeah, do you, do you want to go ahead and read it to us? Yeah, in 1968, Stanley had a, a section called Stan's Soapbox, and one of the, I'm sorry, Stanley had a section uh, in his comics called Stan's Soapbox, and in 1968, he had one of the most iconic and lasting, and still relevant, uh, rants soapboxes. Uh, and I'm, I'll read it. Let's lay it right on the line. Bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today. But unlike a team of costume supervillains, they can't be halted with a punch in the snoot or a zap from a ray gun. The only way to destroy them is to expose them, to reveal them for the insidious evils they really are. The bigot is an unreasoning hater, one who hates blindly, fanatically, indiscriminately. If his hang-up is black men, he hates all black men. If a redhead once offended him, he hates all redheads. If some foreigner beat him to a job, he's down on all foreigners. He hates people he's never seen, people he's never known, with equal intensity, with equal venom. Now, we're not trying to say it's unreasonable for one human being to bug another. But although anyone... Sorry. But... Although anyone has the right to dislike another individual, it's totally irrational, patently insane to condemn an entire race, to despise an entire nation, to vilify an entire religion. Sooner or later, we must learn to judge each other on our own merits. Sooner or later, if man is ever to be worthy of his destiny, we must fill our hearts with tolerance. For then and only then will we be truly worthy of the concept that man was created in the image of God, a God who calls us all his children. Pax et justitia, Stan. I mean this with no irony, but amen, brother. I mean, that's a sermon, you know, and, and, a, and a damn powerful one. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I, I listen to it, and, and there's a small part of me that wants to say, yes, justice for gingers. Uh, but of course, I don't believe that, like, <laughs> 
as a redhead, I will never claim I've been oppressed in the way that racial oppression happens. I just think that's a little funny. But yeah, it's so, so Jeff, what, what is it about that quote that so speaks to you and, and that, that comes, comes to you in this moment? I mean, it's I mean, obviously, the words are exa- I mean, it's it's speaking on society. I mean, it was speaking on society then and it still rings true. To be able to just blatantly and and so with such malice hate someone else that you've never known simply because yeah. of how they were born. Not not what they chose to be born as, but just because they happen to be happen to be descended from people who were closer to the equator than the people that you were descended from. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry to curse on your show, Matthew. <laughs> it's okay. We, mm-hmm. uh, we we have the explicit tag for about one, about four out of every five shows, so you're fine there. <laughs> we uh um uh uh what was the episode we? Oh, I I uh the, we recently did an episode on the TV show Shira, um you know which is very much a kids show, and I kind of tried to keep it pretty clean, but we even cursed on that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, you, it, you had your one out of five, so you're good. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. There you go. And and this is frankly an issue that I think deserves our anger, you know, that deserves our and I it's it's interesting because and this is one of the things I'm most interested in hearing from you folks about is how have the stories that we love, how have they helped shape your approach on these kind of things? Because I will say there there's a I used my opinions on um, violence as a form of protest have really shifted over the years. Um, I am. Like all of us, I think I'm troubled by some of the the looting and the damage that's been done. Though I think that it's, um, I think there's a lot of evidence that it's being done by outside agitator types, and um, certainly the police violence is, I think, by far the scariest part of all of this. Um, but I used to be very much a pacifist and very much a, you know, you always just need to turn the other cheek and never get hurt and things like that. And I think honestly, part of what changed me was some of the superhero stories we saw, and that I'm. I, I still don't love the idea of, you know, Captain America has one idea about Sokovia Accords. Tony Stark has another one. Let's start punching each other. Like, as I said before, I want two more hours of bureaucratic wrangling, please. <laughs> but but there's something powerful, I think, about getting to see these stories where someone says, like, I see injustice and the, the approach is to fight. And, and, and hopefully maybe that fighting is more of the, you know, protests and marches and, and angry letters and things like that. But that... I, I, but, the stories that I get to see all the time in Marvel, in DC, in, in Star Wars and Star Trek about people saying, like, this is a justice issue and I need to stand up for it no matter the cost. I, I think that is that shaped me to some extent. And that's, I think, helped bring yeah. me to a place where I can be so angry about these things and so willing to say, like, I have to speak out. You know, I have to do something. Yeah. 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 My the, the biggest thing I think that have I've seen in, in this media and that has affected me is. Over the last 20 years, we've seen the humanization of the villain, Mm -hmm. and that is something I really appreciate. Uh, I don't, I don't really, um, and and I know right now we're in a very polarized moment and there, there's, 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 um, there's very clear people who are doing wrong things right now, um, and have done wrong things, but I don't really believe in a villain. I I, ver- mm-hmm. I don't really believe there are villains. I think that people are people, and they do things based on their incentives. And we have set up our society in a way that 
a police officer was was trained to do a job a certain way. He'd probably seen cops do similar things, or he had done similar things a ton of times. And uh, there, there was there was a report about the Minneapolis police officers. Um, there's some 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 large number of uh, people who'd been brought in uh, unconscious because of asphyxiation. Like this was mm-hmm. not a, this was not the first time this happened at all yeah. in Minneapolis. And it's like, this is a thing they do in that, in that they have done in that, uh, precinct or whatever. This guy was trained that this was a thing you do. Like, and I'm not saying, right. I'm not excusing him. I think he did a really inhuman act and did not view the person he was doing it to as a human being. And I'm getting, I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it. Cause I don't, uh, gosh, sorry. But like, they're right, man. This is emotional stuff. The, the idea is there aren't villains. These, this is a guy who's been trained to do this. He did what he th- he thought he was supposed to be doing, and he did it to the point that he forgot about the humanity of the person in front of him. And I think that like what Stan says is true. There, uh, we we have to we have to we have to uh, view people based on what who they are. Uh, but I think that goes from all sides too. I think that like we have to look across and say okay, what is the problem here and how do we fix it? Not like let's demonize this group or that group or this group. Like, And I think that I just want to see us as a country be able to have conversations across all these lines and be like, there's something broken here. Because right now, every it's just so frustrating. You post something or whatever, and every um, person who leans left is, is you know, uh, many of them are saying that the cops are all monsters and every person that leans right is, if they if they're far enough left or far enough right basically they're saying you know every um every one of the protesters is a monster you know and it's just like none of them are monsters they're all people that are like set up with incentives and 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 right now our system is broken to the point that a group of people has been marginalized and punished for their skin color for so long that they are protesting and rioting in the streets. And I, I, me and you have had discussions about the word rioting, but like, I think it's kind of powerful to use the word rioting because I think that's how far we've pushed them. You know, Mm -hmm. that this, this violent, this violent form of protest is, is, is necessary in their minds because of how far they've been pushed. And we all need to look across those lines and say, those are human beings doing this for a reason because they've been pushed this far. And I, I, that's, that's something that like seeing Magneto as a human being in the X-Men movies or, um, in Star Trek, uh, it's, it's a show that I think is, is particularly good at like, especially in the newer eras of Star Trek looking across, you know, early days, it kind of felt like, Oh, Klingons, they're just bad guys. But then later you go, Oh, you learn about the culture of the Klingons and now they're good guys. Star Trek (laughs) six is all about Star Trek. Well, they're not necessarily good guys. They're just people with different incentives. You know, they're different, they're a different culture. And, and if you start to see the view them as three dimensional beings, you start to see that they're not just evil, you know? Um, and I, and that's something about Star Trek that, that has always taught me that. And, and over the last 20 years in our superhero media, we've gotten it more and more. Someone like Killmonger, mm-hmm. who is very oh, – gosh, Killmonger is so appropriate to talk about today um, because he wanted to give weapons to the people and, and, and 
stop all the violence against them, you know? Yeah. I, I, I see this, these riots as really no different than something like the Boston Tea Party, mm-hmm. uh, where, where, where this <laughs> is a people uh, rising up against, uh, what they feel is against themselves not being, um, not given the rights they're supposed to be given, not giving us being given a say that they're supposed to be given in our culture. Um, and so they're yeah. rising up and, and I, yeah, I think there's a lot of truth there. I think, um, anyone who's read either my Facebook page or Matt's Facebook page knows that we, we disagree pretty strongly on the idea of the, the reaching across the aisle. And I, I, I am, you know, like the day this happened, I, um, there were so many statements from other police officers saying, like, you know, this is wrong, this is terrible, that, you know, this person, the person who killed George Floyd isn't one of us. And I was suspicious, but I thought, okay, well, here's a moment to see maybe maybe we're wrong and maybe like not, you know, all cops are bad. Um, but then when I look at the police violence that's happening all across the country right now, where it is primarily the, the cops who are rioting, the cops who are tear gassing uh, innocent, you know, people who are just protesting, the cops who are shooting journalists with rubber bullets um i i i can't really agree with you on that point um but i i do get the overall message and i think the the point you make about the rioting is 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 very true um like i think it's important to understand that even today the vast majority of people who are out on the streets are not rioting they are nonviolent protesters still um but but that you know it's important to remember that like you know one of the things that i think happens in history a lot is we look at the riots of the past and say Oh, well, you know, that was a great moment for freedom, but you know, today it's a riot and that's bad. Right. Um, you know, we've just started pride month. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm a part of the LGBTQ, uh, 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 population myself. I'm, I'm pansexual and I'm, um, many of my, my colleagues and friends very much are even more in it. And I think there's an irony of pride month is a celebration of a riot. The Stonewall, you know, what happened at Stonewall that started pride month was very much a riot. Um, I I can go on here a lot, and I want to kind of bring us back to some yeah, of the comments yeah. we were making about uh, the, the fan stuff and things like that. And um, Matt, you and I can go back and forth on this forever. So Jeff, I want to give you a chance to kind of jump in and uh, maybe bring, help bring us back a little bit to the the, yeah. the fandom stuff. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I, I was trying to be respectful because Matt was on a he was on a good uh, good roll. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I think you know looking at uh, looking at the Boston Tea Party, uh, you know that's the one that everybody keeps coming back to, like. The Boston Tea Party didn't happen because, you know, George Washington got a ticket. You know, it it was a, a culmination of of years of oppression. And, you know, Magneto isn't doing what he's doing because some, you know, random human uh, stepped on his Nikes and said, you know, get out of the way, Muty. Like, that's not what happened. It's right. it's years of oppression and and bigotry and hatred that they're dealing with. And at some point, you know, Eric Lyncher just snapped or Eric Magnus, as they call him in the comics, he he just snapped and said, you know what? To hell with these people. I am, I know that I'm better than them. I am stronger than them. I have power. Like I have to establish a place in the world for my kind. And it's about time we rose up. And I completely understand that. I completely like I I can see exactly where he's coming from. Like, yes, of course, it makes sense that after so many years of being shit on and so many years of being pushed down and told you're no, you know, you're nothing. 
of course you're going to want to fight back. And especially if you have the power to do so. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. And I, I do want us to be careful to not only sort of equate villains with the um, uh, with the protesters and rioters, although, uh, as you all, have, we, we've debated just last week, I think <laughs> Magneto is not really a villain. Um, what, but, I, but I think it, it's a good reminder. And, um, you know, one of the things, I, I love that you started with that Stan Lee story because I think DC certainly has done this as well, but Marvel Comics especially, I, I think one of the things that it really does is to... Humanize these, humanize these points of view that are so easy sometimes to dismiss. Um, to really give an understanding of why someone would 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 turn more towards violence, and I I think one of the things that I have noticed, and I've read some great articles about this, is that you know the understanding was always that uh, the X Men were supposed to kind of represent Martin Luther King and Malcolm X between Professor X and um, uh, Magneto. Yeah, and that. Um, and I, I, if I can find it, I will post it. But there's a great article written a few years ago that was basically saying part of why it's much harder to view Magneto as a villain today is because today a lot more people, especially more white people, don't see it anymore as Martin Luther King was the good guy and Malcolm X was the bad guy. You know, that, that we're, we're coming to a much more understanding of that the civil rights movements needs both of those voices often. Um, so... And, and let me shift a little bit to 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 some other ways in which because because I really want to hear more about um kind of the point you were starting to make Matt about the um how fandoms have uh, given you this idea of seeing across lines and stuff like that. And I want to just start talking about some other ways in which we think th- these fandoms have shaped how we're approaching this moment today. Um, and I, and I want to start with a weird one, but it I think it really fits with what we were talking about before about what's our role as white people in all this. Um, and that's I think one of my heroes from the Black Panther movie, and that's Everett Ross. Um, <laughs> our role is to be the lens and go, wow, you guys yeah. have great stuff here. Well, it's, it's that, but it's also, there's another article that I want to see if I can dig up, but it was written by a, a black journalist, um, who basically described Everett Ross as the perfect example of white allyship. And what he meant by that hmm. is that, you know, once Ross comes to realize the problem that's happening and that it's sort of a, you know, a struggle within a black community, he never tries to tell T'Challa, you know, here's what you should do, or to, to you know, T'Challa's family. He never tries to say, you know, here's how I want to have leadership in this moment. Um, instead, he tries to be as respectful as he can of, of the cultures that he doesn't understand, and, and then really says, like, okay, how can I help? Yeah, I have these skills. Yeah, exactly. I want to use these skills, but I want someone else to tell me what to do with them, which, to me, I think is just such an incredible lesson for us today, especially, you know— when you look at like a lot of these riots getting started by white agitators often who are the ones who are trying to incite violence that then black bodies have to be the ones to suffer for. Um, to, to me, there's just a really powerful lesson there of, of his sort of approach of um, I, I know that I have skills and I have privilege and I want to use them to help, but I don't want to be the one to make the decision. Yeah. It's an interesting case because it's kind of hard for me to think of him as uh, the perfect uh, white ally because he's he he's allying with the people that have power mm-hmm. which makes it's a different circumstance to me uh, right. because the, the it's kind of easy to go he instead he's more of a to, to me in that story he's more of a um 
He's he's sort of swept up in it. He's the fish out of water. He's in this amazing environment with amazing technology, and he's he's more amazed by the culture and the technology. And he is, uh, in many ways, uh, the, the they just have so much more power than he does. And and the the trick that we're trying to understand is how are how do we best be allies to people that have so much less power in our culture today. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, and then it becomes, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions within that, but um, yeah, that, that's, that's the only distinction. I feel like the Everett Ross thing needs. Well, Matt, you're a musician. Like what happens when you're playing and the people in the back can't hear you? Uh, You amplify. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Which, (laughs) uh, you know, that that is that is something I, I was wondering where you were going for a minute there. Jeff. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's clearly it's clearly that's what needs to happen, um, and that's what that's right. Really, why all our, I I don't want to. It's hard to go into too much detail without without really referencing more what the black community is asking for, and I'd really like to hear a cogent, um, like clearly they want punishment for the people who, uh who harmed George Floyd, but I, it's, it's much deeper than that. And it's much more than that. And I'd like to hear what they want um, and what we yeah. can, what we can amplify. Cause uh, I don't, I've heard some, I've heard lots of speeches, but I haven't really heard cogent plans yet. And I really want, I want some of that that I can actually throw my support behind. Uh, Killer Mike said it really well in, in his interview or in his, um, at the press conference in Atlanta, you know, we, they don't want to see, I, I say they, Uh, I'll quote him because it sounds they when I say, or it sounds weird when I say they, Um, he said, we don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers uh, prosecuted and sentenced because just one guy getting charged, like he could get off, right? Sure. He could, he could walk away quietly out the back door when nobody else is looking because we're all focusing on something else. And 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 I, I I think that's true, but I also think that this moment is a moment for a bigger change than just Absolutely. four people, and yeah. and so that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. I, like obvi- that's that's the that's to me that is that is what they're chanting in the streets. You know, get these four men, uh, have right. have them get them all prosecuted, and I, and I I totally agree yeah. with that. But what we need is like a systemic change that makes sure this never happens again. We we need to. As the culture that doesn't want people riding in the streets, we want people to like say, "Hey, what can we do that doesn't allow this to happen again? That doesn't allow us to push you to this point? What can we change in the society? What 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 actual structural changes can be made?" And and that's what I'd like to know. And I think there's a couple things there. One, kind of Jeff, and I appreciate you naming this. I, th- I think there's a little bit of a danger of us talking about what do they want. A because it creates sort of an us them mentality, but also because I think there's a danger of saying like all black protesters are the same or that everybody wants the same thing or that there's sure. one sort of unified community. Right. Um, but I will say I, I, um, I have not been physically to a protest, but I've been watching a lot of them on live stream and I have a number of friends who have, I, I do think that the demands often are going a lot further beyond just these four. And I think the calls for systemic changes to police departments are, are um, really out there. Um, and I certainly know that, um, uh, what you call it? Um, uh, Groups like the NAACP and Black Lives Matter 
have posted some really good statements of like these are the specific things we want to see happen um and you're right they range all the way from like kind of minor tweaks to um you know police department stuff to some people calling for abolish the police and really yeah. start over and i think that there's there's a whole range there and i think this moment is more about how do we how do we push things enough so that we can even start those conversations and start those questions happening um because i do think that there's a, there's a moment of sort of like when you've just had some a member of a community be killed and and you're in threat for your life often you don't get to sort of step back and, and look at those things i, I want to um, push back a little bit on the idea that talking about these things as us and them necessitates an us and them mentality in the fact that it would divide. Like, I think this situation that our society, the way it has treated black people has created an us and a them that is, and the them is now uprising. I think that there is to me, the most thing, the thing that this is most like, I mentioned the Boston tea party, but i also think it's like any other place in the world where a culture is being subjugated by another culture and violence has, has struck, you know, this is like this, there is an us and a them and that needs to be acknowledged and it needs to be tried to heal. And there needs to me, this calls for peace talks. Like this calls for legitimate peace talks between those in power and those who have, um, the, um, you know, the, those who are protesting in the streets and, and, and I, and I, 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 I am on the side of I'm on the side of peace and I'm on the side of the society changing. Um, and I, 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 yeah, I, I, that's, that's all. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But how do you, how do you discuss anything with the people in power when the guy at the top is just, you know, throwing his weight around saying, you know, basically just inciting violence and saying, if you are protesting, then I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, I mean, it's been funny watching, not funny, it's been horrifying, but but ironically funny watching uh, Trump the last few days because I I am, um, this isn't quite comic book, but it's very similar. I'm a huge fan of sort of dystopian science fiction, um, which I, I was going to say isn't comic book, but like I was going to mention V for Vendetta, which was a comic book, so ignore <laughs> everything I'm saying there. But like, you know, it, it's, it's, I think there's a really scary moment as we're, there are all these sort of dystopian futures that I always used to watch and think, well, you know, kind of like what you were saying, Matt, like I, I grew up as the children of, um, you know, 60s parents who were, you know, who told me all about the great civil rights struggles that they had fought and won. And I was like, well, good. We're never going to go back there. And I could watch, uh, you know, a V for Vendetta or something like that. And think, good. We're never going to go back there. Um, and and watching our own country delve into that. Um, I think it's why I've been turning to these fandoms a lot more, because it's like, oh, yeah, how, how do we fight these things? How do we how do we struggle against this? Um I, I just um, a friend just posted this thing on a, a, a Facebook that that I thought was very appropriate, um, where it's a picture of young Luke Skywalker looking angry, and it says, "Antifa rebel terrorist leader Luke Skywalker is wanted for the destruction of government property and murder of one million very fine stormtroopers and imperial officers within. Luke is considered one armed and extremely dangerous." Um, <laughs> I, I think the one armed part is hilarious, but I also just think yeah, it's 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 a it, the ability to sort of take take the lens from one fan from one from our own world to the media and then back and forth i think we're seeing these things become a lot a lot less non a lot less fictional it seems yeah um and, and so on that i just kind of like i mentioned Everett ross but what are for you all what are other what are other fandoms or, or or media that are kind of helping shape where you are at this moment and what you're thinking in terms of of what you're seeing in the world and and and, and how it changes you and affects you 
and what you want to do about it. You know, I grew up watching the the 90s X-Men cartoon. And as ham-fisted as that was, it very strongly, right from the beginning, deals with hatred, you know, mutant hate. And what, you know, what you need to do to help. And, you know, the X-Men show you this is what you need to do to help. You need to stand up. You need to protect the people or do what you can to protect the people who are are being vilified or rather are being oppressed and and hurt and you know take them to a, a safe place you know i don't i don't necessarily say we should you know get an expansion and and you know make that our our hovel or whatever our home uh, but you know it's it's protect who you can do what you can to help and don't don't take it to a militaristic point of view. You know, like we're saying Magneto is not necessarily a bad guy, but you know, his methods are, are kind of, uh, you know, it's, a, you could say it's too far. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Much the same way that Killmonger as, you know, he's just gone too far, uh, but the message is still there. The message is still right. And that's, you know, that's what professor X was always saying is that we can't, we can't become, what they think that we are and be those monsters because then we lose the, we lose the moral argument. Um, but that does not mean that he doesn't have a a mutant hit squad of the X-Men, you know, some, some group of people to go out there and, and defend people. And it's not to say like fight the good fight, but to be a shield, you know? Mm -hmm. So, that is i think that one in particular is one that that really shaped my my outlook on you know what is what is right as far as uh social justice uh as, as far as social justice goes and you know it's a it's a really strong one because there's so many different points of view in that and there's so many different ways like there's so many different characters to look at as you know as people to have this opinion or rather uh as heroes to to look at as archetypes in this this situation you know like wolverine is you know super grumpy about it and and is the the guy that's like ah you know i i don't want to be out in front talking but i'm always good in a scrap so i'll i'll fight anybody i need to but then like you got the cool level-headed uh cyclops who is just strategizing on basically everything. Uh, mm. You know, Suave Gambit is like, you know, I'm going to love everybody to death. Oh, but I can also <laughs> blow shit up. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think there's a great message there about, um, you know, that we, that I think for a lot of people, it's hard to sort of feel like I, I want to know what to do in this moment. And I feel like I can't be the one to be fighting on the front lines or I can't be doing this job. And I, I like the, I, I never really saw the X-Men comics, but I like that idea of like, you know, that, that the fight for justice means each person in their own lane, you know, and that there's different things different people can do and they're all worthy and needed and important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Professor Xavier is terrible in a fist fight, <laughs> but he is such a powerful mutant that, you know, you couldn't imagine the X-Men without him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I definitely have some feelings on Professor X that are different, but <laughs> I definitely understand yeah, the main yeah, point yeah. you're making. I mean, his message is good. His methods, maybe not so much. Uh, if mm-hmm. you <laughs> if you dig too deep into the comics, you're like, man, this guy is he's really oppressive. <laughs> like, yeah. But you know, the the general message that, that was given in uh, in the especially the X Men cartoon in the '90s was, you know, X- Professor Xavier is the the noble. Uh, the the Martin Luther King basically the right the the pacifist that has a great message. Well, and I think that that's part of why I was saying about like that that some things have kind of shifted in the in the viewing of Professor X and and um uh um Magneto today because I think that that more and more there's an understanding of like yes that kind of like pat you know the the nonviolence um is an important thing, but that you know i'm sure we've all seen the posts about people saying like oh you shouldn't be rioting martin luther king would 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 hate that you're doing this um and martin luther king's own son has been one of the ones saying like guys guys no my father like understood why riots happened and took a view very much like what you're what you're saying matthew uh about you know riots and being like the only language that anybody will hear anymore um mm-hmm. and and i guess i just sort of feel like the to me, Professor X has always kind of represented that kind of whitewashed idea of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X of, you know, that, like you said, that you can be sort of noble and right and good while being, you know, completely. Uh, um, I, I guess I just always have sort of felt like Magneto has a more realistic understanding of the world. Um, and that part of the reason why I love the movie Logan so much is that you kind of get to a point where, at least as I understood it, Professor X was wrong, you know, realizing like that you can't just love other people into you can't love people enough that they will stop hating you you know that to some extent fighting back is is necessary whether that's fighting violently or or hopefully non-violently i think that that is <laughs> i think that is so you often talk about how the martin luther king ideal is not the only perspective needed that the right. the malcolm x ideal is also needed to to or the well if we want to keep it comic book magneto versus um professor x but i think it's very clear that both are needed like you you have to be able to say this far no further like you have to have those people that keep keep the world in bounds but you also have to have the people that say we are humans and we just want like if there are generations that were probably scared of um the work of malcolm x Oh yeah, and 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 that really might have pushed things along in a way that like okay we give, we got to make peace with these people you know, and then there's yeah. also generations though that continue to be inspired by the words of Martin Luther King, um, and that and I think you need like you like you always say you need both. Um, I agree with you, but to say that something like a Professor X or a Martin Luther King or a you know someone that uh, that tries to say we love you, we 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 love you, and I want to love you. I want to be able to love you into lo- like stopping to hate me. Like I think right. that that is an ideal that is important, and I think uh, you know, I don't know. Oh no, I, I I'm <laughs> I, very I, I much with end of a sentence. No, I'm I'm very much with you, and I um I I, I studied the 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 two leaders quite a bit uh, when I was in grad school with a professor who had marched with, with, with King for a while. And, and, and one of the ways he put it that I thought was very good was that King was able to say to people, I'm going to calmly listen to you while Malcolm X is outside screaming at the gates. And if you right. don't listen to me, he's going to burn the house down. You know, And that, that, that kind of idea of like, I'm going to be the nice, calm one 
and you're going to listen to me because you're so scared of the other one that that you're right that you need both of those. Um, and and to be clear, my point wasn't to be critical of Martin Luther King. I'm saying that I think sometimes Professor X represents the whitewashed memory that history has of Martin Luther King. You know, that allows people to say like, oh, Martin Luther King would 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 hate all the things that are happening now, that kind of a thing. Um, but but yeah, so I, I think you're making a really good point there. Um, I, 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 do you know much about that speech? I really want to go read that speech where he says um, in that speech, does he disavow the rioters? So, I, I mean, I think what I think he um, I, I read it in full about a year ago and I'll try and see if I can find the text of it again. Because because the, uh, the 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 text I've seen going around is him saying mm-hmm. I can't uh, I can't uh, you you'll, you'll probably find it in, in a second and it'll, it'll be much better in the words of Martin Luther King but he's basically he says I can't disavow the rioters without disavowing the system that caused them uh, riots are the vo- uh, riots are the uh, language of the the unheard. Right, but I I wonder what he went on to say in that speech because that sounds like the beginning of a speech where you're saying I can't disavow the rioters without saying this, but also these riots need to stop. You know, like that's what it sounds like to me at the beginning of, and I just haven't read right. the whole speech. Yeah, and I think again, the three of us debating what Martin Luther King said is not the most helpful thing in the world. But I, no, I for sure. Well, that's, but yeah, I, I, I brought that up, up, so I think it's fair to to push back on that somewhat. My understanding of it is is that there's an element of. You know, it, it's kind of like saying, like, okay, if you don't want, um, you know, that, that the, the riot is the symptom, it's not the problem. And yeah. it's kind of like, you know, I don't want rioting, but that the way to stop riots isn't to shoot rioters in the street. It's it's to stop the conditions that make them want to riot. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Tear gas is a deterrent, Matthew, oh, and God. deterrents work. Mm, haven't you yep. seen our justice system? <laughs> no, I haven't. Do you know where it went? Uh, there has been no justice system for a while now. Um, it, this all comes back to though what is what is my favorite fandom, and and we um, originally, like I said, this was going to be a discussion to kind of maybe introduce Matt to the idea that that the, the Star Wars world can be just as ethically rich and, and nuanced as the Star Trek one, which is something I will. Oh, God, I very guys, much I'm, I'm so sorry. I have to go. <laughs> no, you're going to stay here and listen to this. Um, well, it's because I will say, like, for me, as a very young kid, I, I, I. Star Wars was kind of my first real understanding of ethics and and in part because of and in the original trilogy they really introduced an idea that I think is so central to this which is the idea of you know that that fear leads to anger and anger leads to hate and and the the quote I'm sort of getting at is from the newer movies but still that same idea of that the path to the dark side starts with hating the dark side and that you can you can hate evil mm. um that, that, that the more you hate evil, the more it will drive you to anger and the more it will drive you to do terrible things and to lose yourself and to eventually become the thing that you hate. And I think part of why I love that message so much is because it's not absolute. And as later movies have gone into, it's, you know, that there's a danger also of just, you know, trying to remain. Like, I definitely do think that that, um, you know, that the kind of what you're saying before, Matt, at the beginning, um, you know, the more you start dehumanizing the people you see as the enemy, the more it becomes evil, the more it becomes possible to justify doing worse and worse things to them. And I think that that's a, that's a real concern. And I certainly think that the idea of that fear leads to all these things is very much true here. And that um, while I don't, it doesn't make me sort of be able to sort of sympathize with them, I can understand that so much of the racism 
comes from a place of fear and comes from a place of uh, fear of loss of privilege and position and things like that. Um, but mm. I've, I, I'm wondering, wandering a bit with all this, but I, I think the point I'm trying to make is I think I like in this moment when we're trying to figure out like how much can we hate racists? How much, if at all, like how, what does it mean to be angry at, at, at fear, to be angry at racism and to be angry at the cops and things like that. Um, I used to think Star Wars taught me like you can never do that. You can't have any of those things. And I think what I love so much about some of the later Star Wars movies is they really started to question that and really started to push on. Yes, there's a there's a real danger in hating your enemy, but also that that hating injustice is something that that is an important thing to do. And that being kind of like cold and emotionless can be just as dangerous. Yeah. Let me see if I can translate this to MCU for Matt just to, Go for it. to help along <laughs> a little bit. Hey, Matt, you remember The Punisher? <laughs> uh sorry i stopped listening a few minutes ago no i'm just joking. Uh, we, yeah, no i mean I, we, we talk about it in star wars context but what are you saying about punisher go ahead no yeah, it's just that uh you know when you start to fight against the things that you hate uh you know if you if you do it for long enough you start to become no better than them yeah absolutely i i think that that's that's very much my point uh, in this entire conversation of of seeing that there are um, human beings, all these people are human beings. Like, I, and I think by hating them, you're not accomplishing anything. Like, no matter which side you're on, by hating them, you're not accomplishing anything. Um, by hating, by hating the protesters, you're ignoring them. Uh, you, you know, you're going to ignore their cries, and by just hating the police, you're or or the people within the system, just hating that is just mm-hmm. going to not actually try to address the problem and it's and it's just going to get pushed back. You just end up the same freaking polarization that we see in all these situations. Like I, I think the I, I mean and I know we we disagree on this but I, and 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 I don't uh, as I've said I'm I'm very much in support or I'm I'm very much in understanding not that I can truly understand their experience but I I very much understand that they're coming from an honest and angry place that is justified to some degree, mm-hmm. the rioters and the people that are, that are out in the streets, even the one, even the ones that are, that are, you know, uh, violently protesting, even the ones like, even the looters who are just taking advantage of this moment and looting in the streets, even that is because we have, have a system where they can't get ahead yeah. and they are seeing opportunity like, Oh, well, and, and and you know even as far as like I think that's sort of a that's pretty amoral act like just destroying your own uh, your own community and and the businesses within it uh, just to steal like I I was watching a thing yesterday and it just had people rushing into this liquor store and just stealing all the liquor and it's like there's there's really no just justified thing to that but it's just like that's because they've been downtrodden and like they're they're taking advantage of any moment they can get. And then we have to look at all these people and see like, why are they doing this? Why, what pushed them into this and not hate, not hate across these lines, like try to figure out how to see the humanity in everybody. I mean, I think the unfortunate thing along with that, like not to say that, um, not to just jump on rioters or, or rioters and looters or people that are destroying their own communities. Like there's so many reports that we're also seeing, where people that are outside of a particular community will come into that community yes. 
to to stir more shit up and to tear things up you know uh i've seen a lot of reports of like you know white supremacists are saying like let's get our loot on in minneapolis like yep there's just there's so many people taking advantage of the situation to do more amoral acts and it's so hard to it's so hard to separate in the moment the good from the bad and the really bad from the less bad you know yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, as well as the idea of, um, you know, I mean, one thing to go back to the Star Wars idea is that they often talk about, you know, the, that the, the Force should always, Yoda at one point says the Force should always be used for defense, never for attack. And I, I in my mind, I feel like the person who just says, you know, okay, I'm going to aggressively, like, target a store or a, a business or something like that is, to me, very different than the person who starts as a peaceful protester and then gets tear gassed without provocation or gets shot with rubber bullets without provocation. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things I think that um, both that I think Star Trek was often very good at, and it's part of why I know I've heard you talk about Picard not doing this, is that it really often would try to get out of the idea that in a conflict there are just two sides. You know, and that I think it's, it's very easy for us to see that it's easy for us to fall into the thinking of there's just the rioters and the cops, you know, when actually that right. there is. As, as Jeff is saying, like there in any one particular protest, you have so many different people with so many different agendas and that it's, it's easy for us to think about like, well, you know, why are they why are they looting their own communities when actually it's often it's the outsiders starting it or, or whatever it is. Um, Absolutely. And, I think there is a mix of all of that happening. I think mm-hmm. this is such a fog of war situation. Yeah. And it, like literally just the streets are full of gas, of smoke, of tear gas, of cra- just it's insanity out there. And I think there are there are people taking advantage of the situation for either their own political uh, ideology. Uh, they're taking advantage of it to try to foment race, uh, uh, racial tensions. Um, and then there are people out there doing it because they're tired of a system right. that has kept them in oppression and i think all of that is true um it's really we all just need to get assimilated by the borg (laughs) to solve all this you know i mean the borg doesn't have racism the borg doesn't have problems well Um, well to to talk about to talk about that in a more serious manner um you know the borg is basically well the, the borg is an interesting interesting one because it's a collection of everyone making decisions in a way together but it also seems sort of authoritarian um i don't know there's 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 a lot of uh part of the reason we're having this is because of what our country is founded on which is f- personal freedoms and uh the, the us coming together and having people being being um being able to have certain freedoms while trying to maintain a society is very hard. People, be, people not being, uh, in some ways, authoritarian uh, governments have it uh, a little easier because, like, their people don't expect these freedoms. You know, we're seeing it right now in <laughs> Hong Kong. You know, um, where Hong Kong has been given back over to China, and Beijing wants to uh, take away the freedoms that they've been given. Uh, by by the last 50 years of a British rule or whatever. And, um, there, and, and, and Hong Kong's pushing back because Hong Kong is used to these freedoms. Part of the reason I think in this country, uh, because the, these people have been promised these freedoms and they're not, they're not seeing them. Yeah. Um, 
and, Martin and something... King's great comment about the, the, the check that has gone uncashed. Yeah, yeah. You know, the promise of freedom that was just never given to black people. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I definitely hear... I, I, hmm. I don't think I'd best respond to that. Cause I didn't mean to cut you off in the middle there. I just want to kind of jump in with that. Are you fine? Um, it was all marker, marker, marker. Yeah, um, got it. <laughs> not that I have an idea how to find that marker. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> We do need to yep. wrap up fairly soon if I'm going to do the yep. editing. Yep. Okay. Which so I'm, I'm, cool I'm going to start turning it to different subjects. At about an hour. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's, I think there's a lot of really good points there. And I think it, it, you know, it, it all, it, it, it all comes down to how difficult it is to try and, to try and come up with any kind of e- easy saying about any of this, you know, because, and, and that is, I think one, one flaw in a lot of the movies that we, we, and shows we look at is that they do wind up eventually drawing it down to like here are the good guys and here are the bad ones and that's that's so hard in a situation like this um pulling it back to, to star wars though i just want to give one more quote that i think is one that i really keep thinking about and i think kind of ties into all this stuff about um hate and and fear and who we fight against and things like that um and it's the quote uh in the last jedi which i know many people don't love i i think is one of the one of if not the best star wars movie but not everyone agrees with that and that's fine but the quote is um that's how we're going to win, not by fighting what we hate, but by saving what we love. Um, and I, for me, that's almost kind of like taking the, the, the Jedi ideology, which, by the way, Matt, everything you said before, you're 100% a Jedi. I'd like you to know. You're very much in the Jedi philosophy. Um, <laughs> well, thanks. But, um, um, but what I love about that idea is it's not saying not to hate. It's, not, it, it's acknowledging, like, yes, that, that hating evil and, and to some extent hating those who do evil – Maybe it's something to fight against, and, and I can see that, but that it's whatever you feel about hating, that the focus here isn't about changing your hate. It's about not making your hate be the focus of your fight. Um, and I think that's been something that I've, I've heard a lot of the protesters talk about is like the idea of, you know, this is about protecting what we love, protecting, you know, our, our young men who are or men of all ages who are getting shot, protecting our communities, protecting our rights and things like that. And I think that that's, for me at least, that's another way in which the, the, the Star Wars idea has it kind of helps to shift my understanding of, you know, that, that just because the flip side for me is, um, I think it's very easy for me. If someone has a boot on someone else's throat, it's very easy for me to say as someone who doesn't have a boot on my throat, you shouldn't hurt that person who has a boot on your throat. And I think that I can kind of intellectually understand why I think hating that person with a boot on your throat might not be the best thing, but I don't know if I if I was the one with the boot on my throat. I don't know if I can believe that, you know. And so I, I, in some ways, I kind of feel like changing the narrative from instead of like do we or don't we hate evil to is our hate what motivates us or do we get motivated by love instead, love of what we want to protect and all that. That that seems like a much better way to to approach it. I, I I'm worried about myself because when you when you bring up the boot on the throat analogy, like it's easy for me to say. Uh, don't hate, yeah. Don't hurt the person that is holding the boot on your throat. Uh, my response is break their fucking leg, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that says a thing or two about me that uh, maybe I need to work on. But <laughs> no, I mean, I well, because it also I think it gets into like I think almost all the the superhero stories, and I think that we believe in that there's some extent to which like you can fight for self defense, and yeah. so the question then becomes like. Okay, does the boot have to actually be on your throat for it to be a moment of self-defense? You know, 
Yeah, um, like, at what point is it okay to to throw that punch back? Like, nonviolence right. is great and all, but there comes a point where you do have to to start swinging. Right. <sighs> uh, I mean, you know, Hitler giving Hitler giving a speech was not posing an active physical threat to 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 Captain America, but Captain America still punches him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let, let me shift, though, because I know we, we don't have too much more time, and I want to respect everyone's time. Um, we started to, to touch on this a little bit, but I want us to get more into it, especially for you two, because I know it's something you've really wrestled with. Where do we stand with this as content creators? Because, um, you know, I know that um, all of us have pretty diverse fan bases. Um, I'm pretty clear about my liberal leanings on this particular show, but I try to be pretty open-minded to, to everyone being a listener. And I know in the MCU cast that you two run, you know, there's a pretty broad fan base and that as jeff you were saying at the beginning on some level you try to keep that group kind of a place for escapism um but obviously like you know today i've been the one trying to pull it back to to fandom discussions because both of you guys have very strong feelings about what's happening that are pretty pointed um so i'm kind of wondering like i i'd love to hear both of you talk about your idea what your idea is in terms of keeping the mcu more non-political and, and how all this has changed that, because it, it seemed like both of you are, are speaking out more about this than I know you have in the past and sort of how that where you feel your role as content creators plays into all that. Well, for me, I still think we will mostly keep the NCU cast non-political, um, but I, the, th- the thing about politics that is hard, the thing is so, so hard is by me saying that I understand the pro not that I understand that's not the word I'm looking for but I like I guess I sympathize with the even the violent protesters and what they're going through and I understand why they would need why they would need to do what they're doing um, by saying that or or even even simpler by posting black lives matter on mm-hmm. my on my Facebook page I will immediately turn off a huge portion of people that would hear what I have to say. Right. Just by, by, by making it, by, by taking any stance in this incredibly politicized time, by taking any stance on any issue, people lump you in on every issue and, and say, you're just, you're, Oh, you're just one of the enemy now. And I, I, I'm not that. And I, and I don't want people to perceive me as that. But I, it's a really hard balance, though, because I do want to um, be an ally and, and use my position, um, you know, for right. good. So, so I. But the thing is, like, having people just uh, not understand, uh, having people misunderstand me is also not necessarily do using it for good either. So it's a really hard position I find myself in. Like I, and and basically I'm just trying to have conversations like this where we can have longer form discussions and and have um and, and really really embrace the nuance that there is in all of this because I do think there's a lot of nuance couched within this but not not just this issue but every issue that is happening and like i think we need to bring nuance back and that's like incredibly important to me um but that's that's all that's all kind of just so that's why i'm saying it's hard to have these conversations on the mcu cast because 
we're not going to spend this is an ethics podcast and it's okay if we spend an hour talking and never mention a superhero i think even though it's a superhero ethics podcast right. like we, we we set it up at the beginning saying we're going to talk about this it's what's going on in the news we're going to do it um but talking about that on the mcu cast is a little different because we're not there to do that um it's just it's just it's a, it's a little harder but we have said certain things and um I don't know. I'm tired of being quiet because I don't think quiet is helpful. Um, but I also uh, don't necessarily think that the MCU cast, for instance, is a place where we're trying to do that. We are trying to allow for some escapism. Um, but there it's are the certain... House of Refuge. Yeah, it, it, it is. And I, I know there are people that would like us to be more political and there are people that we piss off every time where we say anything. So it's like, you know, what do you do? There's just no there's no there's no answer from a like how to run the show perspective. We just have to kind of be honest with who we are and tackle the show that we're doing while we're doing it, which that show is about us speculating about shield and like, (laughs) there's no, there's no point in every, but, but honestly, sometimes it feels empty in in times like this, where it's like, that that's why I didn't, that's why I haven't been bringing it back to comic books or superheroes every few minutes. I, I, it feels empty to be like, well, how can we relate this to, I'm I'm like yeah, but why? Like let's just talk. But we just talk talking. about what's going on in the world. Yeah, yeah, like let's just have the nuanced discussion that we need to have, um, and 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 or that we can have, I guess. And I don't know right. that we're, we we can't solve it. Something that just ran across my Facebook feed was somebody posting a thing that said, "Thanks to all my white friends who shut up and listened for the last six days." And I'm sitting here talking for an hour and a half about <laughs> uh, the way we feel, and I'm like, "Well, sorry about that." Um, but I, I don't know. It's hard though, because that's, that's a perspective. And then there's the other perspective that I, I've been posting on Facebook more about this stuff than I ever have before. And I've had a few black people write in and say, thank you, Matt, for saying something, you know, like, yeah. and it's like, you know, you just, you, you can't really win with everybody. You just got to be yourself. Anyway, yeah. that's a five minute long discussion about <laughs> that. I don't know that I answered the question. No, you did. I, I definitely have some thoughts on it too, but Jeff, I'm curious your thoughts on it as well before I jump in. Uh, I, I'm torn because, you know, we are in a, an escapism podcast. You know, we're that we're that house of refuge, so to speak, for the the mentally taxing work that is being politically active and and very strongly politically voiced. Um, but it also, you know, at the same time, it feels like we're just putting blinders on, and you know, attempting to leave out the um, the political nature of this of this media of this fandom like you're you're ignoring half of it you know there is no war in bossing say mm, so to speak yeah. like if you just because this this what we're what we talk about you know the these comics these these shows these movies these all of this all of this is art and art is expression art is mm-hmm. the the soul being put forth into whatever medium the the artist is trying to to use and a lot of art and expression is it, it you know is talking about what pains you you know a lot of a lot of the best musicians are the ones who are in the most pain yeah. uh so you know there's there's a lot of inherent pain in all of this stuff and it's it's almost I don't know. It's almost irresponsible not to talk about it, you know? Yeah. But but then again, you know, we're a 
freaking superhero podcast. Like, what are we, <laughs> you know, we're not we're not political analysts. We're not uh, we're not ethics, uh, you know, academia professionals in any way. We're we're fans who watch this shit. Like that's all yeah. we are. And I think I think you're right. I think it's a very hard balance to strike. And I I think you know, and I'm busy. I'm I I intentionally created a podcast that was specifically about this. But then I've also created I I now have a Star Wars podcast, which is I think. Um, much closer to the MCU cast and being a, a a fan content podcast, and I I think the attitude that I have that I have tried to take, and that I I, th- I think you guys have to some extent tried to take on MCU cast, um, but I can also see, especially from Jeff, what you're talking about, maybe you're trying to go more on this, is is kind of like, you know, if I watch an episode of The Mandalorian that doesn't have any connection to social justice stuff, I'm not going to try and talk about social justice stuff as part of that conversation, um. But when I watch an episode of something else, like a lot of the Clone Wars episodes we've been talk we've been watching recently, have been about um, sort of racism and 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 prejudice and things like that. And so I imagine the next conversation uh, I have about uh, the Clone Wars, which I'll probably be recording tomorrow night, we probably will be talking about what's happening a lot tonight because it does, as you said, it's it's art and it's art that's meant to make you think in certain ways. And so I guess my feeling has always been like part of being a fan means you know if it's a fan podcast you talk about the thing that's a a, uh, that you're a fan of but that you can talk about the messages that it has and how do those messages relate to what's happening in the world today yeah 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 and then for sure go ahead matt i was saying yeah for sure i didn't have anything (laughs) okay i i guess let me ask you this like because i can totally understand like if you're recording episode on agents of shield there's no connection to this but if there was like a Luke Cage or a Black Panther movie that came out this week, do you think you would kind of on a podcast about it, try hard not to get into some of the feelings about what's going on? Or do you think you would connect it to it if, if it, it felt like it was connected because of the, the issues of racism that were being talked about in the show? No, I don't think we would try hard not to. Uh, and I don't think we ever have really like, mm-hmm. uh, I think we've discussed these issues when those things have come up on Luke Cage and on Black Panther um, and in, in any other format we're, we're, we're i don't think we try to avoid politics necessarily we just generally um aren't there for that necessarily and so yeah. like we're we're having a good time talking about our favorite heroes and their struggles and so sometimes that in, intersects these issues and we do go there we just don't uh, we also just try not to like we, and the thing is like we try not to shit on one side or the other Mm-hmm. And that is something that uh, I that is genuine within me. I don't want to shit on either one side or the other. I don't think, as I've said over and over, I don't think there's there's villains really. I think that like, and I think that supporters of the sides they support are supportive for various reasons. Just like the people that are protesting are protesting for all kinds of reasons. There's all kinds of reasons people support the uh, the left leaning side, and there's all kinds of reasons people support the right leaning side, and there's just there's not monoliths, you know, and and we just have to understand that people are complex and try to have the conversations. Um, so so that's that that's just a genuine desire within within me not to offend someone by saying some sort of like blanket statement uh, right. about either side because I don't think I don't think that all uh, all left wing people are are you know uh, whatever. Uh, cream puffs that can't take uh <laughs> like by that i'm by that i mean i don't mean any, any sort of slur i mean uh 
they're 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 they're, they're soft so, right. snowflakes. I don't think all left wing people are snowflakes, and I don't think all right wing people are racists. Mm-hmm. I think they have various reasons for supporting the things they support, and to 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 make out either side to be a monolith, you're just simplifying the conversation, and eventually you're just not having it because you're just yelling rhetoric back and forth, right. and. That's that's how I feel. That that's why I stay sort of non-political on the MCU cast because, in a way, I'm non-political. <laughs> like I don't, I'm not supporting one side or the other. I'm trying to have. I just want us to have, be able to have conversations again. But I mean, Matt, go ahead, Jeff. Always punch Nazis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Always uh, punch Nazis. Yeah. No. I, I see. I'm not even on board with that. I, I'm not with you. <laughs> I hear I, I'm very much against the Nazis, but like, there's that one, there's that one, there's there's that classic uh, YouTube video of the guy of the Nazi in like I think it was in Canada or something, giving a get talking on a street corner, and some guy just runs up and punches him because he's mm-hmm. he's a Nazi, but he his followers don't follow him. The followers that follow him don't see him that way, and so they all suddenly have the view of that liberal protester. As a uh, look, look at what all the liberals are, and that's what right. the, that's just what they do. That's how they respond to that. Yeah, J- look Jack- at what all those liberals are. You're gonna get punched in the face <laughs> if you. Yeah. No, Je- Jeff, it's okay. Matt can be an MCU fan even if he disagrees with Captain America on this. I, we can understand him there. <laughs> no, he can't. I have to find a new co-host now. <laughs> um, well, but I, see, here's the thing, and I because uh, Matt, I do very much disagree with you on that, but I but I also think like. Um, the I'm state- not saying there's not a time to punch a Nazi, by the way. Right. Uh, there, there, <laughs> clear, there clearly was, and, yeah. and, 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 and there may be again, and there may even have been recently. Uh, it, there, there's a, probably a line to be crossed, and there's, and there's also a line to be crossed, and there are people that have different ideologies than me who are going to step up and fight that fight. Uh, I, I am generally – I generally think it's better for your movement if your movement is nonviolent, generally right. speaking. So that's just well, who I am. And, and I guess what I would push there is that I think it's, it, it goes back to the idea you were saying before about that you need a bunch of different voices. You know, I think – Agreed. Um, mm-hmm. As you were saying, you know, that there, if I ran the MCU cast, probably a significant portion of your listener base wouldn't listen because I'd be going on liberal rants all the time. Um, you know, and I, I, I've moderated myself significantly for, for Star Wars Universe podcast and after a little bit of poking on when we talked about Alter Carbon and things like that um, – <laughs> But I think that because I, I think here's the thing is that um, I'm a big believer that, you know, if somebody is a nine on a justice scale, then someone else can push them to a 10. And if someone else is a four, then trying to push them to a 10 is going to be useless. But someone can speak to them and try to push them to a five. And I feel like there's a part of me that believes that you can't watch the MCU, that you can't watch most of the stories we care about. You can't watch Star Wars without with our star Trek without you have to work pretty hard to not see these justice justice stories. And I feel like one of the things that you guys can do on something like MCU cast is by not going on the liberal rants necessarily, but by, you know, when you are talking about Luke Cage, when you're talking about, um, um, you know, wonder woman or, or, um, the character of black widow or Sagan. So what's that? Yeah, exactly. Or sorry, Captain Marvel, because I know you all are, are only uh, DC uh, MCU people. But I I can see both sides. I can see some DC some value in DC comics as well. 
Um, <laughs> I gotta go again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, go to go record a podcast with your friend Dave, who does the DC podcast. Um, <laughs> but my 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 point being is, I feel like there's a person who won't listen to to me to in any way, shape, or form, but who will say, "I love what Matt and Jeff have to say about the MCU." And so when you guys talk about Black Panther. And you can gently kind of push the idea of like, look, yeah, there are some justice issues that this is about that are connected to our own world. They're going to listen to that in a way that they won't listen to me, you know. And I, because I, have you all well, seen I, the, the? And the, the, the idea is we we actually have different goals. Like right. I'm not trying to push people to the ten. You know right. what I mean? Like I'm, and and so people who are at a one on the scale or whatever scale we're using, who are at a ten on one side, and I'm I I genuinely think that like we're too polarized and we all need to get back to zero, you know, like we all need to like get back to where we're thinking again about what's most efficient for society and must, what, what provides for the most people. Uh, and, and like, uh, and, and I think instead we're just constantly yelling rhetoric back and forth. So like our goals are different. And so, yes, I might bring someone closer to your side, but that's not, that's just not my genuine goal. Um, and so I well, think like that's that's a, but how that's does a that difference. how does that play with what you said at the beginning of this podcast where you said that like you were kind of aware of your own complacency and wanting to speak out more? Um, I'm when I'm saying speak out, I mean speak out uh, to both sides mm-hmm. and and speak about what I think and speak about my my moderate positions. Honestly, like um, and I'm I I think in this situation, one of the powerful things that I can do or for the most powerful, and that's not very powerful, is to speak as someone who sees it from both angles. Because I, like I said, I'm in Alabama. There are a lot of people around here that are really, really um, far, uh, far gone on the other side uh, from you, uh, Matthew. And, mm-hmm. and like, I, I, I'm trying to say things that will bring them, but I'm also, when I'm, when I'm having those conversations, like, I mean, I, I do, and the thing is, I'm not even necessarily trying to convince anybody. I'm just trying to – I want us to I want us to meet close enough to the middle that we can have conversations again instead right. of rhetoric. And like like when we talk, Matthew, on about Altered Carbon and we talk about uh, killing uh, – you know, hanging Jeff Bezos, <laughs> like I legitimately think that you're wrong on that and I would like to bring you more toward like let's be able to have a conversation where jeff bezos isn't murdered you know like like i and, and so it's in not fairness just... i don't think i've ever said i want to support him being murdered i want to support him <laughs> being arrested and tried and imprisoned but that's a very different story mm, <laughs> but you, I, you, I, ha- I, you have you have said i i appreciate that you're saying that but you, you have said uh things like uh oh, i don't know may, I, if that if that wasn't on cast it may not have been on cast so i, I, I think i made comments that. about bringing back the guillotine as a possible <laughs> yes, thing but i think that I, I think exactly what i'm talking about i think i think i'm always speaking with a bit of irony there uh but but yeah no to be very clear i'm not for the murder of anybody or the death penalty in any situation but i i, I, I and i agree with you but i, I think that that first and jeff we're, we're kind of leaving you on the conversation entirely here and i apologize no you're good um and i do think like it there's a difference between the political rhetoric that we're talking about. I, I guess I'm talking about. So I, I'm not saying that I think you should be trying to use the MCU cast to move everyone towards being incredible liberals by any means. I'm not. That's not what I mean. But I mean, my sense is that in your mind, like someone who watches Luke Cage or watches Black Panther, and I don't mean to keep using those examples, but they're so perfect, sure. and doesn't walk away with it with any kind of understanding of of racial issues or anything like that, has kind of missed the point. And that at least it does seem like, and when I've heard you guys talk about it, that um, 
that is something you care about. And that certainly, Matt, on this issue, I, I know you love to hone to your moderation. Um, I, I think I, I always want to sort of question the idea that there is any such thing as a moderate because I don't think that the two extremes are equal. But certainly on this issue of, of the protests and stuff like that, you do seem pretty far over on one particular side. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that, that the idea of that one of the things that can happen when people listen to the MCU cast is that they do – it's not even that I think you're advocating for your own ideas. It's that you're advocating for Stan Lee's ideas. It's, it's that you can sort of point out like I, – I guess I, I've been saying a whole bunch and I want to kind of just wrap this up. Let, let, let me put it to you as a question like this. Would you say that if one of the things that happens on the MCU cast is that people get – at least a little bit more understanding of the kind of things that Stan Lee believed and that the people who make these things believe and, that, and maybe hear why that's important, that that's a good thing. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, putting a, Making it about justice, not politics. Um, do you feel like Stan Lee was clearly using his stories as a way to influence people and a way to help people see issues of justice and racism in different lights? Um, to that regard... Do you think that, like, if one of the things that happens is that MCU listeners get reminded of that and, and are moved a little bit more towards where Stan Lee felt about things, that that's a good thing? Uh, yeah. Well, particularly the, the, the soapbox things, thing that we talked about at the top, like, for, for me, that is just foundational humanity, uh, yeah. not hating someone because of the color of their skin. I don't think – and I, I know you'll, you'll – uh, <laughs> You'll disagree with me, but I grew up in it. I grew up in a very conservative home. I grew up in a very conservative environment. Um, and there was no uh, – anyway, and I was taught very strongly uh, not to hate anyone because of their race. Right. Um, it's not – It's not. Ju that is ju not just a left-wing issue. And that's why I said a minute ago, I don't think all right-wing people are racists. And, like, that is the that is the narrative that the left will say. And it's like I am trying to, uh, I, so 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 when I say when I say moderate and like when I say I I don't think I think that either extreme is bad for society and most of what comes out of and and this goes not just for left and right but for all of the things we're talking like every issue almost I think that extremes generally come out with a bad outcome and right. so some sort of compromise between these extremes needs to be had but the problem is we haven't figured that out and we because of the way social media works and because of the of the siloing of conversations we have not been able to have actual conversations and meet in the middle in a long time and, and, and that's that. Yeah. And, and I get all that. And I think that, you know, I, I, I have a lot of ways I want to argue there, especially because I think like the, the right wing extreme and, and what you think of as left extremism is actually pretty darn moderate compared to where left extremism could be. Um, but but even putting that aside, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is um, even though I disagree with what, the way you frame that about the extremes, um, when I said taking you to a tent, take people from like a one to a, z a one to a two and then a four to a five, et cetera. I'm not talking about politics or right or left. I'm just talking about what you said of those Stanley ideas of, of are the, the human foundationals. You know, that's oh, all sure. I meant in terms of like that MCU cast can move people who wouldn't listen to me, but who will listen to you guys. And that maybe these things will, will see, will, will help them see things in a different light. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, but I guess when you, when we're talking about these issues, uh, and you say one to a two, two to a five, five to a ten, and I'm at a ten, 
uh, and if you are making that statement, that inherent in that statement is that I'm somewhere near a five when it comes to social justice and caring and like caring about these issues and you're near a 10 and, oh, and, and no, no. Inher- not- inherent in that seems to be like you care more, but I'm saying like, I, I care a whole lot. I just don't necessarily agree with you about the tactics and the, uh, the, the way the way the way they're framed. See what I'm saying? I don't. Yeah, so, and, and I think I don't feel the, Matthew was going that way, Matt. No, I, I hear you. I'm just yeah. I'm I'm just saying that's how that's how the the is seems rhetorically framed. Well, you well, feel wrong, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess to me, I would say it. Think of it this way: as I understood it, both Martin Luther King and Malcolm X had very similar ideas of justice. They just had very different methods of how they wanted to get there. Um, yeah. And I think when I talk about the zero to 10 scale, I'm talking entirely about methods. I'm not talking at all about I, I, I think you are 100 percent just as committed to the the ideas of, of racial and societal justice as I am. As oh, I, I think Jeff you, is. OK, as I think, so wait, wait, you said the one to 10 scale a minute ago. You said the opposite. So the one to 10 scale you're talking about is bringing them along on the caring, not the not the methods. You just said methods. Well, let me see if we can better explain this because it's, it's it's kind of a I'm going in two different directions mathematically. Um, <laughs> yeah, see that's, that's right. Like anytime we're talking about these scales, like you say one to ten, and then it's like, are you talking about just liberal versus conservative? Are you talking about people who just care about others that are different from them? Because yes, yeah. I want to bring every single human being. I want to bring them to the ten on the scale of caring about other people. That is a hundred percent my goal. Right. I and I, I think maybe here's a better way to put it: is let's throw out the whole zero to ten idea. It's that we can best speak to people who have experiences like, like ours and, and we can tell our own stories, you know, like you have, um, you came from a very particular kind of background and you've really kind of moved, uh, you know, into a position where, like you said, you've kind of seen some of the ways in which that wasn't where you want to be and, and, and moved your opinion on things. And I think that that's, that, 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 that that's all I'm kind of saying is that like, yeah. I, I am going to have, you and I have very different levels of rhetoric, both towards the same goals. Um, and, and our methods disagree, but like the, the level of rhetoric that we use, I think makes sense. And I think, you know, to some extent, um, you know, uh, someone, you're, you know, someone can say like, Jesus, that Matthew S. Fox guy is a total firebrand liberal. I don't want to have to listen to those folks. And then you can say, no, no, you're right. Like he's, he's kind of off on the extremes, but let me try and put it to you in a more moderate way. Um, yeah, exactly. uh, And I think that's, that's totally fair. And like, I think that, um, our, it's like you said, our methods are very, our methods, I think are very different. Our amount of caring about people and humans are, are, are both, are both right. there. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say they're both incredibly high cause that seems, uh, to tout us or something, but like we, yeah. we both, we both care about people, but we think that the best way to care about people can be very, um, very different. Right. And so, and so, yeah, uh, Anyway, but but all that to say, like no, no, nothing you said offended me. I'm just letting you know how it came sounded. I, I was not no, offended sure. by any of that. And I, I appreciate the pushback there, and Jeff, I also appreciate the the perspective. Um, I think it's kind of funny that whenever um, we talk about Black Panther or Luke Cage or you know anything that could be a politically divisive uh, topic, we have a tendency to like briefly touch on it and and get a little you know like dip a toe into the politicizing nature of it. 
Uh, but then we often pull back and say, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Like, that's not what we do on this podcast. That's something right. that superhero ethics does. <laughs> yeah, we, we literally do that sometimes. We're like, yeah, yep. all right. Well, that's we've we, we've said our piece, but let's move on. That's something for Matthew West Fox to touch. Uh, and, and, I, and I appreciate the publicity there. And I guess I'm just I, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I always love free publicity. It's great. And, and the same way we're talking about the MCU cast, which I hope my listeners are checking out as well. I guess I'm just sort of saying that, like, I'm wondering if – I'm genuinely curious if the next time one of those kind of shows or episodes comes up or, you know, if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. deals with, like, a racial issue or something like that, I'm curious if your approach is going to be a little different based on all based on all this because um, I, I have heard you guys say that. I, I don't, I don't want to make it actually just quite so personal about your podcast and mine. I'm trying to make this more about right. how all of us do content. But I think that there is um, – Jeff, and I, th- I think actually both of you have talked about, like, that there's – there's so much value in escapism. I mean, I, uh, you know, a couple nights ago when this was all really bad and, and my fiance and I were both really struggling with it, we turned on America's Next Top Model, which has no social justice connotations whatsoever. Yeah. After four yeah, man, hours just look at pretty them. people. Yeah, we just yeah. needed to escape. And, and After four hours of watching the protest, we turned on uh, Working Moms, which is a really wonderful show, by the way, yeah. on Netflix. <laughs> I, I'm glad Working Moms is great. America's Next Top Model is... I have a lot of problems with its glorification of a lot of sexist and materialistic ideas, but, but putting that aside, cause I'm not, the point is I was not, it was an escape. I think there is such a value in escapism. And I think there is so much value in, um, you know, having that opportunity and that the Marvel movies and the star Wars movies and all that can offer that. I guess I'm just saying that I think that, the, and I think, I think I've heard both of you saying this as well, that there's a danger of that getting into complacency of being able to say like, I'm not going to think about George Floyd and the, the, the police. I'm not going to think about all these things because I'm just going to, you know, watch, um, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kick ass and that kind of thing. And then I – do you ever yeah. see the cartoon that was going around a couple of years ago where it was a guy kind of walking through the world and all these people were yelling and shouting at him on both sides politically and he was just so upset about it and he wanted he, – he eventually kind of went into this little building called Fandom where all like little – his fan, you know, the, the things he's fans of were all there kind of saying like, here, you can be safe here. No one's going to yell at you. Have, have you guys seen that cartoon? Yeah, I have. I have seen yeah. it. I love it. And I think it's very true. But I guess to me, I always want there to be a third panel, which is he he gets the, the comfort of the escapism. But even the things he's using as escapism are also kind of gently prodding him of like why the things people are fighting about out there aren't important to fight about and and is able to kind of use that to kind of go back out into the fight. Um, and sure. you're right. I don't think that it should be like any one particular agenda by any means, but I, I, I do think there's value in, you know, a fan podcast that's mostly about, you know, just let's enjoy like the cool battle scenes and the cool characters. But, but, you know, you, you can still talk about, you know, why it is that to T'Challa's journey means so much to you or why it is that, you know, seeing Luke Cage, you know, fighting the police, you know, resonates for you and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and it's not about trying to tell you guys specifically how to do your podcast. It's just about kind of saying I think this is kind of just an interesting general comment for all of us in terms of where do we fit? Where does fan content fall when the the content often has more justice messages than sometimes we're comfortable talking about? Yeah, man. I think that that was probably a perfect portmanteau of the two words: message and issues. Messues. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little That's, like misused. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, <laughs> that all fits. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with I'm with you, Matthew. I th- and I don't know the the answer is we've always tried to be ourselves on the podcast. We yeah. we like I said, we just try not to shit on either side or uh, or be offensive in a way that is unwarranted. And if something right. is warranted, I mean, we've we've said on the podcast things that are just like against the far uh, the far extremes, yeah. and, and like I, I you know. It, we, we, it, it mo- I think mostly far extreme right because that's what yep. is I think uh, uh, an issue today. Yeah, and and so like we've said those things on the podcast. We're not we're not totally new to that. We just it, it's it's a balance we strike between you know being ourselves and being honest, but also serving serving the listener and the content that we're there to do. You know, you're just yeah. it's just like if if you had logged on to my ne- ne- or next top model America's next top model and then that episode was all about this issue you know what i mean yeah. like that's that's not what you're there for that's not, and and we're not experts in it that we uh you know this this is actually something this is a podcast you started because this is a an arena that you felt you had a lot to say about and this is not something that me and Jeff necessarily signed up to do um we're in a world that we may we may <laughs> say more things but like that's that I kind of get pissed off, honestly. Uh, not really pissed off. People can say whatever they want to say, mm-hmm. but like I get a little annoyed at uh, stars when they're too political. Not like mostly because, and, and not that we're stars, we're very small time podcasters. But like uh, when, when when mostly because I I just go like that's cool. You believe that, but like you are not an expert in this. Like right. it's kind of like that, that thing that goes around um, about Albert Einstein saying uh, what's that Albert Einstein quote that everybody always says about insanity. It's like doing the oh, same thing over and same, over. Yeah. Isn't, and expecting yeah. a different result. He's, he's not a mental health professional. <laughs> like that's not the definition of insanity. That's just a thing that sounded clever that he said one time. <laughs> and like, it's used, it's used like it's science. He was a physicist. Yeah. Like, like that's weird geeks that like Marvel and love talking about it and love talking deep about it and like getting into the nitty gritty and we're human beings and we're going to let our, let our, uh, let our truths shine sometimes. But like, I'm not an expert in the black lives matter protests i'm not an expert in all this and i i think it is a disservice to uh our our audience to act like we are uh we we can just we can only say what we have to say and we've done a lot of that here um but like to act like we're we're experts or that we have some sort of like answers is is uh is just wrong and like we're just doing what we can you know and we have definitely gotten political before and gotten backlash Mm-hmm. Almost immediately of oh, like, sure. this is not where I come for that sort of thing. Like, yeah, you guys need to stay out of it. Stay in your lane, guys. Right. Yeah. Well, and you is, can't like you can't just bite back at them and be like, no, man, fuck you. This is how I feel. Yeah. Like you can't govern how I feel. You, you know, we, we can. We have to remember. That, I mean, you can, but, but that's, that's just, not that's a great not, idea. That's not necessarily yeah. who we are either. Like, yeah, right, right. That's how you lose an audience. Yeah, well, yeah. and that's and that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to be a slave to my audience to the point that like, um, I always am going to say what they want to hear. Uh, I, clearly, I, you've heard me talk about Star Wars, um, <laughs> but <laughs> to br- to bring it back to the geek stuff one last time. Yeah. Um, 
but that that's not what my audience wants to hear really like they they, right. they most of our audience most of the marvel fans in our audience really love star wars and and when i talk negatively about it it really does get pushed back yeah. and it's the same kind of thing like yeah. I, i'm going to i'm going to say my piece on something um but these these issues are much more foundational to people and much more real and i i'm i'm not in the i'm not in the uh like uh, it's just not my game to be out there trying to offend everybody. Yeah. Um, and especially on things I'm not an expert on, I, I say things when I feel like they need to be said and that's where I, where it lies, I guess. And to be clear, I, uh, that's my whole point is I'm not, I'm never saying that that's what you should be doing. I think knowing the audience is important. I guess what I just come down on it is I kind of like, it's why I love that Stan Lee quote you said so much. Cause I think Stan Lee was feeling the exact same thing. You know, I think if he had just written on in a comic book, Hey everybody! You should be paying more attention to Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. No one would have bought it, you know. But he clearly did have some feelings about civil rights and things like that, and he used his story as a way to to tell you know to talk about that. And I think yeah. And I guess that's just what I what I want up coming down is uh you know. And I think you guys do do this, and I think it's great. You know, I I know when you guys talked about um the X Men movies on Binge's Assemble, you know. You had a lot to say about the the fight scenes and the dialogue and some of the very bad writing and plot holes, but you also talked about how some of it was, especially in the the second X Men movie, was really a metaphor for you know kids being gay and coming out and and talking about that. And I guess, I guess to me that's what I think I I find the line is: can we talk about that if we're going to talk about you know media, we should talk about the media itself, but that we can still also say like. Well, and, and the media obviously is commenting on this thing, and so we can talk about how we feel about that without, like you said, getting in, getting into you know the the whole deep of it. Because I think, um, yeah, it's it's you're right. It, it 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 obviously there's concerns, and we all want to grow our audience, and we also just want to be ourselves and not try to be either the person who has no political feelings, but also not try to stand up on a soapbox we don't feel. Because um, as much as I often support their messages, Matt, I 100% agree with you that I get frustrated by. People, because they're celebrities, thinking that their political opinions have have a weight to it. Um, right. And I think that the ones I I really like are um, like Christy Teigen, uh, a, a model uh, and a, a a person in that in that world. She has been a, a very outspoken about this, about saying like, "Look, I'm not an expert, but here's my feelings." And more importantly, I have all this money, so I'm going to donate it. So I'm going to try and give this money to to places where I can do it to help. You know, I think. There, there's things that celebrities can do, but when you're right, when they just start saying like, I played, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I did a movie about racial justice in South Africa. So clearly I should be right. the, the expert on apartheid policy. Like that doesn't make any sense. No. And, and, and that's, uh, I think that's, uh, that's the danger of our sort of society of celebrity. We, we, mm-hmm. we, and honestly, that's, that's what we got with Trump, like yep. to bring it all back to the politics of it all. Like, Trump was a celebrity who we per, who a large portion of the population perceived as a good businessman. There wasn't really truth to that. He was a branding expert, and so he had branded himself that way, and he like was good at that, not really good at business, but enough people believed that 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 aspect of his celebrity um, that we got him as president. Yeah. Well, and so let me let me kind of throw this question out to you, and and then um, this can be kind of our closing because I know we need to get going. Um, Mike Coulter, the actor who played Luke Cage, um, you know, I don't think he ever declared himself an expert on on racism and police brutality, but he was very clear that I mean, a he had experienced a lot of that stuff growing up, and so he had some of that experience, but that he he spoke very openly when Luke Cage came out about 
the importance of Luke Cage wearing a, uh, a hoodie, for example, and, and showing like bullet holes in the hoodie. Because at the time that was coming out, we were just dealing with incidents of, of black men wearing hoodies being shot and stuff like that. Um, and he was very vocal about his feelings about all that. Did, do you, did, did that strike you as one more of that kind of celebrity outside their lane? Or did that feel different to you because it was so related to the content of what he was making? Um, again, I have no problem with the celebrity saying how they feel. And I definitely think that, uh, I think it, most of the stuff I heard him say about that was like, this is something we're trying to say with the art that we're making. Right. Um, and I, I think that's totally great. I have no problems with that at all. Yeah. I remember Mike, uh, just kind of pushing everybody to, to view and, and consume the art so that, you know, the, the, the discussions can be had about it around the water cooler, you yeah. know? I mean that's that that's what art is supposed to do. It's supposed to move you yeah. so that you can have feelings and hopefully, you know, go talk about those feelings with someone else and potentially drive them to consume that art or consume other art and also have feelings and you know, if if we can have feelings and then um you know, be introspective enough to understand why we have those feelings and how we feel or like what is driving us toward that we can have a better understanding of ourselves and then, you know, have a better understanding of others. Yeah. I, I think that's a great way to put it. Like the, the idea of that, that I really think the, the best media is the one and, and Matt, I'll say Star Trek is I think one of the absolute pinnacles of this is, is the media that forces us to ask questions and doesn't necessarily give us the answers to those questions. Um, and I guess that that's, kind of wrapping it all up and maybe we're all kind of in agreement on this. I, I, I kind of feel like that's where I would stand is that, you know, like when we, when we talk about fan culture, it's not necessarily the place to say, okay. And so clearly like, I think, you know, the answer to this question is this, but it's to say like, if the media inspires us to talk about these questions, like the water cooler, you know, then our podcasts can be that water cooler. It can be a place for us to, to have those conversations. Um, uh, and, and I, I, I really appreciate the way that I feel like what you guys have sometimes done that I think is a great example of this is, you do have those water cooler conversations, but in a way that, that A, you disagree with each other sometimes, and we all disagree sometimes, but that you also leave it open that other people can disagree. And that um, in the, the, the Panda chat that we now have, that we can have, um, uh, you know, I think Matt, you and I, and, and one of the MCU fans wound up having a really good, very respectful conversation about how people view writing and stuff like that, which I thought was a, a great example of how this can be, where we can take the media and say, the media is asking us these questions, and so let's talk about those questions as fans without necessarily having to say, this is the answer and everybody else is wrong. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that was not on the Panda Chat. That was uh, that was just my Facebook page. Okay. Got it. It, but, it felt uh, connected to it, certainly. But yeah, I guess. Yeah, I get no, that. yeah. A bunch of, a bunch of uh, the Stranded Panda Chat folks hopped on, and I thought that was so cool because they all had different perspectives, and yeah, I... I it was neat, but yeah, I, I try not to be so baldly political in the chat, but I did, I posted that Killer Mike thing because it, I was like, hey, this guy mentioned Wakanda. Uh, <laughs> T.I., who was in the Ant-Man movies, mentioned Wakanda, you I was, guys. I was like, yeah, T.I. mentioned Wakanda. I'm, I'm allowed to post this. Uh, yeah. It was just something I, I would really like to post because I think it's really inspiring, but it like gave me a good excuse in the Stranded Panda chat where we're like, it's about geeky stuff and we're, you know. But well, it is really that is a really great moment. He's like, we're in Wakanda. We can't do yeah. this here. I was like, that's so good. Must so be good. protected. So clearly, here's the goal, guys: is that we hope that our podcasts get big enough 
that anytime a celebrity wants to talk about justice issues, they just find some way to throw in reference to some of the fandoms. So you can be like, ha, we can talk about it now. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you can you can speak your platform here, but you have to reference uh, the X-Men and also, uh, well, Black <laughs> Widow's coming up, so you're going to have to talk about her. Right. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we probably should be wrapping up. So let me just ask, um, does anybody have any last comments they want to make about narrow little topics like all of racism, all of social justice, all of police violence, and all of what fandom should or shouldn't be doing in terms of justice issues. You know, nice and pithy. Definitely not. <laughs> one thing, one thing. Go for it. Um, the closing words. Sorry, go ahead. The closing words. The, the closing words on Stan's soapbox are so unbelievably, unbelievably important. It's in Latin. Pax et justitia. Peace and justice. Mm. So why are those important to you? I mean, it's the balance, you know, we have to have peace, but we also have to have justice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't realize what those meant, but I do really like them. And I think that that's a, um, you know, it, it's a slogan. And, and as Matt says, it can just be rhetoric, but I think there's something really powerful about the idea of that. You can't really have one of those without the other. Um, that sometimes, you know, you know, you, you need to have both of those. Um, Not to yep. dive right back in, but one of the things that's really meant a lot to me <laughs> over the over this last uh, few years of my development of my own kind of moral system that I've been really struggling with um, and changing uh, is the word peace as a I've often ended the podcast with the word I just go peace. And yeah. that's, that's been a thing I've said for a long time, um, but I have found myself really uh, caring. I think that's that's like kind of the purpose of us as a community in this world is to try to learn to live in peace and right. and like the the hippie ideal of the the peace sign and peace like i am i'm embracing that more and more every day where like peace is just peace is it man yeah. uh, and we got to figure out how to how to live in peace yeah we are in the 60s again <laughs> except yeah. the music of the 60s was so much better that's fair. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, go listen to The Garage on yeah. Spotify. <laughs> uh, Left to Burn. Yeah, but Matthew, Matthew. If you're interested, I do have a – there's a song called Heroes on my most recent album that I I try to elucidate this idea of not having villains. But, um, Matthew, your music is completely retro. You're not auto-tuned out the wazoo. <laughs> oh, I am on my new album. Are you? Just wait. Okay. Just wait. There's definitely some auto-tune going on. <laughs> well – we, we can do a music critical podcast at some other point and get into that. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah, I, I think that the peace idea is so important and the justice idea is so important because I think one of the things that um, and it's funny, like I, I live here in Minnesota. I've been I think I'm like three or four miles away from where uh, the Floyd killing happened, uh, the, uh, the murder of George Floyd. And I've been, you know, very close to a lot of the riots, but also in suburbia, kind of very put aside from it. And, and one of the things that I think is a conversation that's been coming out among activists here is, you know, Minnesotans are famous for being kind of very reserved and very, you know, I'm looking for a more loving way to say passive aggressive, but passive aggressive is kind of, you know, that, that, that we don't like conflict or I don't know if I can say weeks. I'm not a native Minnesotan, but that there's a, a real culture of not liking conflict and of trying as hard to, we can just sort of repress issues and just sort of, you know, quietly seethe and never actually speak about where you're talking about and i think i've heard it called minnesota nice yes and and you know <laughs> one of my favorite um uh tweets i've seen about everything that happened was a um uh, a rapper from california and i forget exactly who it was but he said 
yo, Minnesota, I didn't know y'all could be, uh, let me try something again. Uh, he said, hey, Minnesota, I didn't know you all were so gangster. I thought you were just about cows and shit. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love that, but I also thought it was so, like, my fiance and I, who's very, she's very much from Minnesota, and her, fa- her family has been for generations, and we all talked about, like, it's kind of amazing that it's happening here. Because I think part of what is, is really coming out is that, Matt, I, I think you're so right. Peace has to be the goal. But that peace isn't let's not talk about the uncomfortable subjects. You know, peace no. isn't let's, you know, sort of push it all on the rug. Peace is let's take all that uncomfortable stuff and pull it out into the open, and, as um, Stan Lee said, and shine a light on it so we can get past it and then move towards peace. Well, no, and I think uh, the balance there between peace and justice is – Peace could easily be uh, ev- the 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 um, the people the less fortunate just being subdued, and right. that's still peace. But peace and justice—that's why that's so powerful—is that it's peace, peace, which I think is the ultimate goal. It's the way we all live in harmony. But justice, in that we take care of those um, that are less fortunate, and we take care of those without power. Yeah, I think it's a really good way to say it. Cool. All right. Well, um, nobody start another sentence. We got to end it. I know. (laughs) I'm doing my closing now. I'm not even trying to do my normal thing of like, well, I'm just going to say one last thing. It's incredibly inflammatory, but then go into my ending so you can't get a chance to respond. Um, (laughs) No, I think, guys, this has been a phenomenal conversation, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping the fans get a lot out of it. I know I've really gotten a lot out of it, and I've really been pushed and challenged by the conversation the three of us have, and I I hope you all feel the same way. And I hope. to me, this is the kind of reason why I wanted to start the podcast is to have these conversations because I know as a fan, I'm really wrestling with this stuff. You know, it can often sound, I think, like I'm saying, like, here's the way to do it. I know everything. I certainly don't. Um, I think these are all really hard questions that we're struggling with. Um, so I just want to thank you guys both for being a part of it. Uh, thank all of our fans for for listening in. I know this is not what you normally come here for. Both the um, certainly not uh, – the, the superhero ethics fans might be kind of used to this, but this is probably a lot less about superheroes than normally they are. Uh, but any yeah. um, MCU fans who are dropping in um, on this conversation for the first time because you're following Matt and Jeff, this isn't normally what we do. And I, I, I really appreciate any of you who, who stuck around and listened. Um, and I would say I'd really love to hear more of your thoughts. You know, I, I really meant what I said about that I think the best media starts asks questions and doesn't give answers. And that's what I want this podcast to do. So – I would love it if y'all would write in uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on email. Um, there's lots of ways to find us. Um, you can search for Superhero Ethics on any of those platforms and um, uh, contact us. SuperheroEthics at gmail.com is the email. Facebook and Twitter is just Superhero Ethics. Um, let us know your thoughts. Let us know how you're wrestling with this moment. You can make it about superheroes or you can just talk about what's happening and how you feel. Um, you know, If you're another white guy like the three of us and are kind of wrestling with where we are or if you're someone of a different perspective who wants to tell us why, you know, what we said mattered to you or why we're, we sound like three ignorant jackasses and you want to tell us something totally different. Um, I'd love to hear all that. Cause to me, these are the kind of conversations that fandom can inspire. And I think that's why I love being a fan. And it's why I love this pod, the, these podcasts. Um, so Matt and Jeff, I kind of want to like throw it out to you both to um, let people know about other places they can find you and also just kind of any closing things you want to say without starting any more debates. Just kind of like, you know, because I, yeah. I just want to say thank you so much for, for being a part of this conversation. Well, thanks, man. Don't call me an ignorant jackass. It will break me. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I uh, most everything we we have the new strandedpanda.com up and running, and you can literally just go to strandedpanda.com, click on pandas, and find Matthew Carroll, and uh, see all I do. And Jeff's pretty much the same thing. Like, so that's really neat. Now, strandedpanda.com is one place, one stop shop for all of that stuff. Matthew S. Fox also, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, so th- check that out. But uh, particularly Jermaine, of this conversation, check check out Heroes by the Garage on Spotify. That's yep. my my new song I wrote about uh, the kind of thing I've been thinking about the last few years, um, trying to uh, trying to understand people across different lines. So yep. that that would love if people would check that out. Yeah, it's it, it's great a great song. I, I've loved so much of your music. Your Star Trek episode, your Star Trek albums have been fantastic. But that one especially, I think, really kind of speaks to this moment. Um, Thanks, man. And and yeah, Jeff, what about you? Nah, he got it. Okay, <laughs> it's all under <laughs> Panda. Matt, Jeff, thank you guys so much. Um, uh, I, I've said it a million times, but you guys helped yeah. inspire this yeah, podcast. Yeah. I'm so glad to have you on it and be a part of this conversation. Um, to all our fans. Please write in. Let us know what you think. Love to hear your thoughts. This is this is an incredibly difficult time. And I think if you want – if stories right now are how you're escaping from the difficulty, I think that's great. I think if stories are what's giving you you know, sort of inspiration to, to be part of things, that's great. I think if, if the stories are challenging you and making you think in new ways, that's great. And we'd love to hear about all of it. So please write in. Share your thoughts. Please keep – please stay safe out there. Um, you know, please keep doing the work that you think you need to be doing and, and give yourself the self-care you need to be. And have a good day. Until next time, true believers. Peace. I'll allow it.